It's happy Easter, everybody. It's Easter Sunday morning. It's just great to have you here and watching online. It's fantastic. And uh, I want to talk to you today about reality. Reality is where you live. You know, in this world today, we have a uh, kind of Instagram thing where we go, wah, that is what it's supposed to be like. You know, we put a picture up there and we want everybody to believe that's the reality. Today, I want to talk to you about some resurrection realities of how to live in the reality of the resurrection. Hey, I've been captivated, and I don't know whether it's because um, of the things that we've seen in our culture against women in the last few weeks, but I've been captivated with the women who went to the tomb. Today, I'm going to speak about Mark's account of the women who went to the tomb. So turn with me there to Mark chapter 16, and uh, we're going to read the first eight verses. Get into the habit of taking notes, bring a notebook to church, or use the version app, if you will. We're going to read the first eight verses. On Tuesday, I'm going to take you through the account in Matthew and talk about the women there. So, so let's read those, shall we? Because today we're going to be facing the facts and feelings of life. We're going to be talking about how to live this in reality. Mark chapter 16, verse 1, reads like this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might anoint Jesus' body. We've been anointing Jesus with our praise today. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on the way to the tomb and they asked each other, who, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? It's very large. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Can somebody say amen? Amen. They entered the tomb. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the side, and, and they were alarmed. Do not be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just like he told you. Trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Reality is something that has to be lived in. It's something that what is really going on in your life and in my life. Listen, you came to receive something today. I want you to receive today. Reality is not the Instagram picture, not the Facebook picture of this is what I want you to see. Reality is this is what's going on. 
Now, as we come to this Easter Sunday morning, we quite rightly import lots of joy and lots of feelings into this uh, story because we're looking at it from behind. From We're looking back on it and we understand the implications of it. Quite rightly, we're doing that. We're, we're celebrating. We make these women a little bit like Snow White, you know, with bluebirds twitting around that they're doing well. Why don't you play that song, Luca? This is how we, this is how we hear the Easter story. Is, is that okay? Come on, turn it up. Oh, it's just as great as Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. We're all here. It's great. It's wonderful, isn't it? Have you hear it? The oh, they're up on the tombstone. Jesus is risen from the dead. Isn't it great? Go tell his disciples. Just cut that with you, Luca, for me. Oh, don't you? Don't we hear that? That's how we hear it, don't we? It's so full of joy. It's so full of life. I mean, we make these women like, you know, Snow White, the seven dwarves are dancing behind them and saying they're skipping along merrily on their way back. However, your life and my life, it's not quite like that, is it? My life and your life, we've got some things that we need to deal with. It's not so straightforward. We all have to live in the hard realities of life and there is some real things that we have to face. But here it is. Here is the real power of Christianity. The real power of Christianity and the relationship with Jesus is it gets in amongst the real life situations that you have got and your reality, and it equips you to meet that reality. That, my friends, is the real power of the Easter story. That Jesus comes and says, I'm going to live in this reality with you, and I'm going to give you strength so that you can overcome it. Somebody say amen for me. Oh, I've kind of missed that. Somebody say a better amen. That's what Jesus will do. Indeed, actually, the, rea- the resurrection is a reality, a real life happening that we have to now process and we have to come to grips with just like the women did. And what it means in our lives too, the fact that that happened now impacts you. Today, I want us to look at how the resurrection comes into your personal life. How that, in real terms, makes a difference. And today, how you can get to grips with the reality that the resurrection happened, how does that change your life? You see, the experience of these women is going to teach us some things. So will you walk with me through this story? I'm going to do four resurrection realities. Number one, we need to face the reality that we all face seemingly insurmountable problems and issues. Every single one of us in this room will have an issue at some point in our lives where we say, how is that going to be worked out? How, How will that work out? 
In verse 3, it says that the women, as they were going to the tomb, said, by the way, who, who is going to roll away the stone? It's insurmountable. We can't do it. it. It's something that is beyond us. And you might have a situation right now in your life where you're saying, I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know how this is going to play out in the, in the economy of God. Uh, by the way, let me remind you that Jesus has already dealt with the biggest insurmountable situation that we all face. I mean, happy Easter, everyone, but you are going to die at some point. You are going to go either to heaven or another place at some point. And let me remind you that on this morning, Jesus breaks the ultimate situation that we face. That fear of death. Every single day on our newscast and every single day visions, there's a death count. There's a, these are how many people have died. Can I remind you this day that the book of Hebrews says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too who shared their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and, for the, and free those who all their lives have been held in the slavery of the fear of death. Can I say to you today and declare to you today the insurmountable problem of death that comes to all of us has now been conquered. That in Jesus' name, we get past that and we free that. Yeah, give the Lord a clap offering because I know people on the feed will be. But you know, you're going to have some insurmountable problems in your life. And the reality is this. God is already working out the solution to that problem that you can't see how to work out. Actually, in the Greek here, uh, when you read it, it says and in verse 4, but when they looked up, anublepo, it means that actually it means when they received their sight or when they looked at the problem a different way. That actually it wasn't they came around the corner and went, oh, look, the, the tomb's gone. It really means that God opened their eyes and said, look, I'm doing something else than you expect. You need to look up. You need to look beyond. You need to look with the eyes of faith and begin to start seeing your situation as God wants you to see this situation. Now, despite the question of the large, immovable stone, I want you to notice something very precious about these women. Despite that question, who's going to move the stone? They didn't just say, oh, I tell you what, I'm, don't let's bother going. They actually said, well, let's carry on. And let's see what happens. And I want to say to you that as you face your reality, as you face your situation, and as you determinedly carry on with your devotion and your will to do what God has asked you to do anyway, barriers all of a sudden will be removed and miraculously removed. It may not always be as you, you planned it, but God is already working out the solution. 
resurrection reality number one. You will face insurmountable problems in your life, but the reality is where you need to live is God is already working on the solution. Give me an amen, somebody. Come on. He's already got it. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us. Resurrection reality number two. We all have to face the reality of the weakness of our feelings. I want you to notice something about the ways in which the women came around this resurrection. It says in verse 5 that they were alarmed. Now, in the original, it doesn't mean that they just had a fright or a startle. It means that they were in absolute terror. Their feelings overcame them. And even though we import so much joy into the situation, this was not what was happening. And they did have joy, but it was also mixed with what is going on, Lord. Verse 8, it says they were trembling and bewildered. And again, in the original language, it means that they were not in their normal state of mind. That actually this event had now made their mind full of all sorts of thoughts. And then it carries on and says they were afraid in verse 8. And actually the word in the original is that they had almost like a strong phobia. It washed over them. The weakness of their feelings uh, overtook this experience almost. And when it says that they fled from the tomb, in the original it means that they were escaping from danger almost. These were people... And there were the feelings of people who knew that something had happened, but they couldn't quite process all what was going on. They were uncertain, and they were very much had mixed feelings. But here's the point. Their feelings and their uncertainty did not change the fact of what had happened. Jesus had risen. Their feelings were in turmoil, and yet... Jesus was still alive. And let me tell you something, your feelings, your mix of feelings, don't change the fact that God is on the case, that God loves you, that he is alive, that he has something to say and to speak into your life. You see, their feelings needed to be processed, uh, and so do yours. God cares about your feelings. Your feelings matter to him. It, it, even if you have them, it doesn't change the facts of what he's done, but he does care about how you feel. Now, a real key to processing your feelings, and, you know, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be speaking about the mind. There's so much, isn't there? Uh, you know, in our news right now, anybody who gets upset says it's about mental health. We've lost the word upset, and we've replaced it with mental health. In the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to do a series on the mind and how to make that strong. But a real key to processing your feelings is what we find in verse 5. The angel said, you must change your focus. You see, what you focus on multiplies. Let me say that again. What you focus on multiplies. And what, what you don't focus on shrivels. And what the angel said was this, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, 
You're looking for the earthly man who was crucified. You're looking for this earthly man that a tragedy has happened to him. You're looking at this tragedy. And they said, change your focus. He is not here. He's risen. Stop looking at that and start focusing on that. On the different episode that's happened. The focus of where you're looking has to be moved away from the tragedy and to the place that this now, it's empty. Can I ask you a question today? Because today, I know that you've come to church, and and I know that those of you watching online, but I really have a burden today that you get something. That actually, you go away from this hour saying, you know what, God's put something in my life. Let me ask you this question. Do you need to see that you're living in a previous chapter of your life instead of the one that God is currently writing? It's a precious chapter for these women. They'd been with Jesus, they'd ministered to him, but that chapter was over. And they were still living in that. Are you still living in your divorce? Are you still living in the chapter where that school teacher said that you would never amount to much? Are you still living in the chapter where somebody slighted you and hurt you and, and said things about you? What about changing your focus to the chapter where God is rewriting your life and saying you have purpose, saying you have plans, saying you have future? Are you still living in an old chapter that God has not writing anymore? It doesn't mean that you deny your feelings. The women had lots of things still to work out. But the reality was their feelings were mixed. But the facts were Jesus was alive. Amen, church? Reality number three. You need to face the reality that the resurrection changes your direction. It puts you on mission and has life-changing implications. Now, come on, be with me for a minute. Everybody in the house, everybody on the feet, you have said you believe in Jesus. You have said you think he's alive. You have believed that in your heart. You've confessed him as Lord, and he has saved you. Now, you can't just put that on the side and say, okay, that's my trophy, that's my trinket. You have to hear what happened to these ladies. It says this, this is a stark fact. Verse 6, the angel said, see the place where he lay. They looked at the place and then they said, go tell. You see the facts, now do something with the facts and go and tell. You see, this is the, the real thing and the difference when the resurrection comes into our lives. You realize the facts, but then you have to go and do something with it. You have to go and take it along with you and it changes your life. So that once you have these plans and God says those plans are fine, but I want to lace those plans with a message now so that you go and tell. The reality is now that you have to see that the resurrection has placed your life on mission. It's given you a commission Tell those people who need the comfort of this message and that will lead you to telling as many people as possible. 
Now, I don't want to come across uh, uh, arrogant about any other faith or, or anything like that, but we have a message that's different, church. We have a message whereby we can say, you know what? Jesus is alive. You've seen the statistics of how much death is around our nation right now. Let me give you some hope. Jesus is alive. And Jesus can change things for you. Would you go and tell that message? I'm going to tell you in a few moments that they sent them to Galilee and to people they knew first. God isn't going to send you to the unknown just without any equipping and training. But he does say go and tell. You see, I I look at it this way. If you don't hear, but go and say, I'm not sure you've really grasped he has risen. If you can't hear that mission, I'm not sure you've really grasped he has risen. Your life is now wrapped up in a bigger story of getting this message out. Surely, Surely at this cultural moment, the church is needed more than ever before to give hope, life, and comfort to a lost and seeking and dying world. Come on, give the Lord praise. Surely this is our moment to share the love of God. Surely this is our moment to demonstrate the justice and fairness and the compassion that we have in our hearts. Who in your world needs to hear this message? Jesus is alive. Who here today, who watching online, needs to once again grapple with this reality? God is alive and this is not a game. He's alive. Fourthly and lastly, we need to face the reality that there's a living experience to be had. Jesus wants to meet you. Did you notice what the angels said to the women? They said to them, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just like he told you. You see, Christianity isn't this dead thing, this system, this pray so many times a day, go to this certain place. It's a meeting with a living, breathing, interactive God who wants to speak to you. It's a difference. Jesus wants to meet you. He wants to go ahead of you. There's a faith walk and a faith experience to be had that you need to be open to. Now, some of us, we are, we, are, we are locked down in our spirits. And I want to appeal to you today. I really want you to receive something today. You came for a reason. And the reason is God wants to open your spirit and begin to say, I have things to reveal and teach you and show you about your life. See, that experience rests on the security of his spoken word, what he said to you, what he's written in his word. It's an experience that's founded on his word. It's not going to be wacky or weird, but don't make your life with God like a formula that you just do a few things, but instead open up to this living God who wants to speak to you. The resurrection is a reality. 
It's the real thing. It's the thing that really happened. And we have to deal with that reality now and not just kind of put it at the side. And so on this Easter Sunday morning, don't just face these realities. I want you to embrace these realities into your heart. Embrace the reality that you've got some seemingly impossible situations, but God is already working the solution. Amen? God's working it. He's on the case. He's doing it. You can't see it right now, but embrace the fact. Even call it out now in your spirit. God, I know you're working it out. Face the reality that we all have fragile and and weak feelings, that our feelings get the better of us. But that doesn't change the fact of the resurrection, that he's alive, or that God loves you. Sometimes I feel that nobody loves me, particularly when Kathy makes a rule that you can't have your Easter egg until Sunday. (laughs) She made that rule, but we broke it last night and just got into it. Confession's good for the soul publicly, isn't it? But whether your feelings are weak or what, Jesus is still alive. That's the reality. The reality is that he is alive and therefore you must share it with somebody. You have to share that good news, because this world needs that good news. Why don't you stand with me today? And I'm going to ask the worship team just to come. And the reality is that Jesus wants to meet you in a living experience. Those of you who are here today, and you might not know Jesus, I wonder if you could just focus just for a moment. Perhaps you've logged on and you're just checking out, well, what does the church actually believe in? I wonder if you could just hold your hands out just with me right now. And I want to ask you a a really serious question. How open are you to the living God? The reality is that he wants to meet with you. He's watched you all your life. He has known you before you were even born. And he looks at your pathway and he adores you. And right now, he wants to meet you. If you've got some sin in your life, and we all have and do have, why don't you just confess it now and say, Jesus, I come to you, forgive me. And he'll meet you. That's the reality of Christianity. That's not the Instagram picture. Oh, we hope it's like that. That is the reality. He meets people. And he wants to meet you now. In fact, he wants to meet you wherever you're watching it and right here in this church right now, in this building. You see, the mix of living life is real. It isn't like the song we heard earlier. Sometimes we have difficult things that happen. But if you'll embrace these realities, you won't be a fake. If you'll say, Jesus, come and meet me right in the middle of my life, in my hardest place, in my best place, meet me there, you won't be a fake.
He said to the women, go to Galilee, where you know. And he'll take you on familiar paths. And he said, talk to people who you already know. And he's not going to send you to strangers at first. Because he's kind. So here's the thing, as we close, as we sing together. It's been a difficult year. It's been tough for you and it's been tough for us. And I don't want to get over emotional. We've missed you and we love you. And we care about you, wherever you are. But I wonder if you could go back to the last thing that God told you and do that. I wonder if you could revisit what you know is right in God and do that well. And then he'll open up something new to you. Kevin, I don't know how, but he did it. I don't know how, but we're still standing. Why don't we sing that together? Because we're still standing. And God still has a plan for you, this church, and all of us together. Let's sing that, shall we?